Welcome to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. I'm joined here with one of my staff, one of my other advisors, uh, Nick DeVito. Nick, thank you for joining me today. Of course, thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. In fact, uh, this, this particular episode is going to be talking about year-end tax planning, but um, and this is going to be the first of two parts. And uh, we like to talk about educational stuff, particularly around the six areas of financial planning. The six areas of financial planning are cash management, tax planning, risk management, which is insurance planning, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. It follows a natural progression, but if there's any one, and they're all integrated, but if there's any one that rears its head all the time is tax planning, because no matter what you do, it has a tax ramification. Absolutely. And so approaching year end, this, you know, to us, Q4, is year-end tax planning season. And so there's a lot of things that we do, and what we're looking to do today is, is we're looking to share with the viewers experiences that we have, ideas that we have, and hopefully the viewers can, can take one of the many ideas that we have, because nearly every single one of them are normal day-to-day -day practical stuff that we encounter with nearly every single one of our clients so if we encounter it with our clients, then I'm sure they're running into it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'd be hard pressed. So uh, you ready to get started? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. So one of the things is maximizing retirement plan contributions. Um, you'd be surprised how many people actually make mistakes with this. Yeah. Unintended. Yeah. Unintended mistakes. We just came across it again, come across it. People are leaving thousands of dollars on the table every year in one case, but maximizing retirement plan contributions, your 401k, when you're making contributions to a 401k or your 403b or whatever your retirement plan that you may have at work, we reference just those two because those are the common ones. They're basically the same. A 401k yeah. is for a, a regular company, 403B are nonprofit mm -hmm. organizations. Your schools, hospitals. Right, right. The like nonprofit organizations, yeah. exactly. And they both have the same limits 22,500 plus the 7,500 catch up provision, which, if you're part of the club <laughs> that some of us are in, but some of us aren't. Yep. And that's if you've attained age 50, they gave you the, the catch up provision that gives you the ability to put more in. Well, you know, if people wanted to contribute more and they don't realize that they, I hear people all the time, oh yeah, I'm contributing the max. And then we look at it and like, no, you're not, you're mm -hmm. contributing 6%. Oh, well that's because the company matches six. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's not the mat, no. max. So, you know, there are people for whatever reason, if you're in a high income tax bracket, you've got traditional 401k and you got the Roth 401k mm -hmm. and for people who want a tax deduction, you contribute to the pre-tax traditional 401k. But if they're looking to maximize tax deductions, what better place to do it than here? Yeah. So same goes with the Roth 401k. If they wanted to maximize contributions, mm -hmm. they can do it here. And what's nice about it, particularly with the Roth 401k, is there's so many misnomers out there, misinformation, misnomers. People are like, well, I'm not eligible to contribute to the Roth. 
And why do people say that? Usually income limitations, they think about the Roth IRA, they kind of get those mixed Correct. up and they are different. There's not the income limitations you'd see on a Roth 401k as you would on a Roth IRA. Correct. So the Roth IRA income limitation, if you're married, it's somewhere around you know, 210, 220,000. And for single, it's half that. But when it comes to the 401k, you could be making a half a million dollars a year. Income is not an issue mm -hmm. when it comes to contributing to your 401k. Yeah. It's just whether or not your plan allows it. Is right. really what it comes down to. Well, plan allows... The Roth. The Roth, uh, yeah. correct. Yeah. Correct. But, you know, and obviously, cash flow is an issue. Yeah. You know, if you can't afford to make the contribution, of course, you're not going to be able to do it. And so, sometimes people are like, hey, you know what? And that's why year-end tax planning, you really want to be doing earlier in the year than late in the year because if you have someone who, let's say they wanted to contribute 30 grand, mm -hmm. and here it is in November, and they've only contributed $10,000, they only have one month. To try to get that rest in. Right. Yeah. And you're only allowed to contribute up to 100% of your pay, which in reality is not really 100% of your pay. Because first what has to come out is wage tax, which is the Social Security and Medicare, Yep. 7.65%. Mm -hmm. Your state income tax, which in Pennsylvania is 3% variable in other states. And if you have medical benefits, local income taxes, next thing you know, 15% of your paychecks go into taxes and medical. That means you really only can contribute 85%. And if you make adjustments this late in the year, you're not going to be able to reach the max if you're really far away. So some of those things you want to do earlier in the year, mm -hmm. but you know, maximizing the 401k is a great opportunity, particularly if you don't qualify for the Roth and you want to bang it, well, here's your way of contributing $30,000 to a Roth 401k when you're not even normally eligible to contribute. Yeah. So to a Roth IRA, shall yep. I say. So um, that's one piece of it. So the Bible or the rule book. Summary plan description. Summary plan description. I <laughs> love it when they call it summary yeah. plan description. Summary, that's 45 pages. 45. I've seen them 125. <laughs> I, I don't okay? doubt it. You know, we review them all the time. Yep. But so it's, it's just kind of an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> summary plan, yeah. like executive summary. Like, mm -hmm. okay, it's a 100 page executive summary. But yeah. the rule book of your 401k and 403B and pension plans and everything else. Mm -hmm. Okay, companies are required to maintain a rule book which is called the summary plan description and make it available to employees, okay? I strongly encourage that you take a look at your summary plan description or if you don't know where to find it, you can find somebody and if it's reading Greek, like if you gave me a legal <laughs> document, I would feel the same way about reading yep. that. I mean, that's something that we or your financial advisor can be able to help you with as far as reading and understanding the summary plan description. Yep. Um, you know, we know right where to find whatever it is, but what you want to really understand is company match. Yeah, I mean, we talked about missing out the, the missed opportunity on the, like, your contributions, but I feel like we might see more of a missed opportunity when it comes to employer match. Absolutely. And so uh, we come across this. It's amazing all the different reasons why mm -hmm. people miss company match. Yep. Number one, they don't realize that the company's match program is based upon, call it 6%, okay? They think, it, oh, company's matching three. Well, it's because they're matching 50% up to six. Yep. And 
they will say, oh, I'll just put in three. Well, they're really, they're only getting one and a half percent. Yeah. They're or, missing out. Oh, yeah. Or it could be company matches up to three, and then they do a half a, print, half a percent from three to five, so it's really Seen four, and it's just, it can be tricky. So that's why looking at that summary plan description, really understanding how the match works is so key, because you don't want to miss out on that match. Correct. So there's other reasons why I've seen people miss out on match. Now, we had a situation just recently where an individual took out a 401k loan, Mm -hmm. and it increased their cost by $400 every pay. Yep. And they said, oh, well, in that case, I'm just going to back down on the 401k contribution. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, granted, cash flow is an issue yep. at times, but what they didn't realize when I said, hey, you know, what's your company match? You go 6%. I was like, well, dude, you're not, mm -hmm. you're only putting in one. It's free money. It's free money. <laughs> so I mean, it is absolutely free money. One Company the, matches free money. It's one of the only places you can get 100% return on your investment. That is correct. That is correct. So way number one, people under contributing. Yep. Way number two, I've seen people say, hey, I am plowing my $30,000 in. I'm banging it because I want to get it in there as quickly as possible. They get the entire $30,000 in by August 1st. They think they're doing a wonderful thing. Yeah, they think, you know, I'll get, I'll get it all in, then my cash flow through the remainder of the year is going to be a little bit looser, so it'll be easier to manage. Right, except for one thing. If the company is matching dollar for dollar up to 3%, mm -hmm. how much are you contributing in the last five months of the year? Zero. Zero. Okay. So if the company matches dollar for dollar on zero, how much are you getting? I think that would be zero. Roughly zero, okay. <laughs> Which means that if your company matches 3%, 4%, 6%, you just lost that match for the last five months of the year. Okay, unbelievable how many people I've come across that run into that. Yeah. Leaving money on the table is one of the sillier, I use a nice <laughs> word, silly, okay. That's a nice way to put it. As opposed to stupid. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. Now, here's another one which goes unnoticed a lot. And this is why we encourage looking at the summary plan description. Yeah, this one's a little bit more tricky. It is. So a lot of companies don't match catch-up. That extra 7,500 we were talking about earlier. Correct. If you're over age 50, they don't match yep. catch-up. And so you'll have an individual with $30,000 ends up being exactly $2,500 a month. So they say, okay, they smartly at the beginning of the year say I am putting in just enough so that I get all of my contributions in okay and getting at least their five or six percent to get the match they're getting that in in the very final paste up yep. and we we help clients all the time make sure they stretch it out all the way so that they do not miss company match all the way down to the last one. It also gets tricky as bonuses. Mm -hmm. We could talk about that yeah. in a minute too. But they have it perfectly planned, contributing $2,500 a month or whatever the case may be. And then what they don't realize is the company doesn't match catch-up contributions. Yep. So here it is, in the last three months of the year, they went from the normal 22.5 and in the last three months of the year, they're contributing to the catch-up. And missing out on that match. They're missing out on a company match. Yep. Yep. So what do you do there? Well, in that case, you'd want to run your catch-up and your 
traditional mat or traditional contribution parallel um, to whatever the company is matching. So you want to make sure that your regular 22.5 is going in throughout the entirety of the year, right up until the end of the year. So that way your employer is matching the entirety of the year. Now, if you have it segmented, like you said before, where you do the 22.5 first and then you finish with the 7,500, 7, you're not going to get that last 7,500. Right. So once again, that's the fine point that you have to read in the summary plan description. Yep. And I would say in my experience, it's about 50-50. If anything, more companies don't match catch up than yeah. do. 50-50, 60-40, but you may as well know. Yeah. You know, and so you brought up a, a, a very interesting point. Um, doesn't happen often, but for people who are higher wage earners, for whatever reason, their cash flow may be tight, mm -hmm. but the wage tax base for them withholding Social Security, which is 6.2%, is 160200 for calendar year 2023. Well, if someone's making 200 grand or 300 grand or whatever, more than 160000 what happens is that once they hit 160000 they stop withholding Social Security. Mm -hmm. And people never understood. It's amazing how many people <laughs> don't understand. Yeah. I, I mean, if you don't know, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's one of the little nitty-gritty It's like, hey, things. this is cool. I got a raise. Yeah. You know, my yeah. paycheck went up. That's cool. Well, yeah. okay, so you can actually, for those people who, and $30,000, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money to be contributed to a retirement plan. And, you know, whatever, you know, be like, oh, well, $200,000, how could you not? Well, because they have a tendency to have a lifestyle mm -hmm. that costs $200,000. Generally, as your income increases, your lifestyle kind of comes up to match that exactly. a lot of the times. Exactly. So um, what happens sometimes, what we'll do is we'll coordinate their um, contributions to their 401k with Social Security. What do I mean by that? They want to contribute 30,000, but just can't pull it off because of the fact that 30,000 is $2,500 a month, roughly 1,200 per paycheck, okay? Yeah. Well, 1,200 is a little stiff. However, what you could possibly do is if in fact you are a higher wage earner, is you always have the ability to say, hey, you know what? You know, let's say you're making 200,000. 200,000 is 15% to get to 30. Mm -hmm. But 15%, you know, that's a chunk of change. Yeah. So what you might do is say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to put in 12 or whatever the case may be. And then once you hit your Social Security wage base of 160,200, that's when you can increase your 401k contributions. Yeah, increase your contributions without hurting your cash flow. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, boy, we did a pretty good <laughs> job with that one. All right. So next slide. We're going to talk about proper withholding of taxes. All right. Now, it's one thing to pay taxes, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. But it's stupid to pay a penalty. All right. Now, they just raised the penalty 8%. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which really, the penalty is under withholding. Okay. And under withholding, basically, you know, the federal government says, hey, look, you know what? You know, let's say your tax is $12,000. I'll use that because it's nice and evenly mm -hmm. spread out. They don't want you paying twelve grand in April of the following year. Yeah. That's why they withhold from your paychecks. Mm -hmm. Fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're taxed, they have these algorithms and math and everything else through your payroll service that knows how much to withhold. But the problem is, is all these algorithms don't take into account other income. Other income. Yeah. 
You yep. know, what's other income? You could be taking money from IRAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be business, business income, income, rental property income, rental properties, dividends, yep. capital gains, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Interest, anything. Yeah, and so you know, you're withholding from your paycheck, but at the end of the year, all of a sudden, you got a tax bomb. Okay, <laughs> and they're expecting to be paid all along the way. That's mm-hmm. number one. Okay, now I'll go back to ten thousand because it makes the math easy. So, what they do is to determine if you're contributing enough. I mean, they don't want their 10,000 at the end of the year. That's why they withhold it from your pay throughout the year. But they have a term that's called safe harbor, which basically means there's a defined dollar amount that you have to get into the system to avoid the penalty. And that's what, 90% of this year? 90% of this year, 110% of last year. Right, 110% is based upon if your income is above a certain threshold threshold. or it's 100. The fact of the matter is, is there are cool ways of measuring that, okay? So what do we do typically? What we do for year-end tax planning, which you can certainly do it yourself, but we do it on behalf of our clients, mm-hmm. is we take a look at all their sources of income. And we've got tax estimators that we can do. And by the way, I should be clear here. We don't do taxes. Yeah. We don't wanna do taxes. <laughs> we have no intention of doing taxes. And we are not stepping on the toes of any CPI. In fact. Quite frankly, we do better, clients do better when we're talking to the CPA yeah. together. Yeah, we look at it from a couple of different lenses. Tax or um, accountants generally look in the now. We're kind of looking at the holistic approach now in retirement and just throughout right. your, the entire your life. Yeah. Exactly. So um, wh- what we'll do is we'll take a look at their paychecks. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a paycheck estimator we created yep. sort of our own little thing that works. <laughs> and what we do is we calculate what their tax is. And you know, let's say for instance, we calculate their tax to be $10,000. And you know, here it is, let's say it's October, which is the beginning of tax planning season, mm-hmm. end of Q, or beginning of Q4. And if all of a sudden we see, holy smokes, they're not putting enough into the system. You know, two things are gonna happen. Number one, let's say for instance, for whatever reason, we calculate their tax to be 10,000, but we calculate that they're only contributing $7,000 to the system. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say their tax was over $10,000 last year. This year, if their tax is 10,000, we take 90% of 10,000, they need to have $9,000 into the system, Yep. all right? And it's supposed to be contributed throughout the year. So now what? What do you do? Well, what we have a tendency to do is suggest that they increase their contributions on their paycheck. Paycheck. Yep. Increase their withholdings. I yep. say contributions, contributing. Con- to the con- yeah. Okay. So, uh, and that'll help mitigate. And as long as they get to ninety percent, they're still gonna owe the remaining ten percent in April. The necessary evil is the tax. Just but not a penalty. Yeah. Just ticks that's me off. yeah. It's, you know, it's stupid money. Mm-hmm. So, we try to avoid the penalties. And also, if for nothing else, nobody likes April 15th surprises, okay? So, you know, in that case, if we did nothing, all of a sudden, they're gonna be doing their taxes and they're gonna have a $3,000 tax bill due and they're gonna be mad, Yeah. okay? They're gonna be mad at themselves, they're gonna be mad, usually starts with the IRS. They're mad at at the government. Uh 
if an accountant's doing their taxes, they're blaming right. the accountant. Mm -hmm. Or they're blaming anybody. But the fact is, is, at the end of the day, they're just not withholding enough. Yeah. Right? Or it could be that they have other income mm -hmm. that you know, they just we weren't accounting we for. Deal with it. We got to account for it. Because your payroll service is not going to know about your own other income. That's correct. It's not their responsibility. That's correct. So. And what also happens is that they've changed the the math that goes behind the tax withholdings. And this was changed when they changed the tax laws in 2018, but they, they messed it up. They messed it up because of the fact that if you're married, they're not taking into consideration the other person's pay. Yeah. And what they're going to do is they're going to underwithhold. They fixed it. And now they created a new W-4. And for those of you who don't know what a W-4 is, that's that silly form where it's the bottom portion of it. You, know, you fill out your name and address mm -hmm. and you make changes to how much tax withholding you do. And then it has, you know, it used to be just the top was a little worksheet. Now the worksheet's like three or four pages, <laughs> okay? The long and short of it is that you don't have to worry about doing all the three or four pages per se, but you gotta understand how much tax you need to withhold. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is, is that when they came out with the new tax laws in 2018, they found that if you have two people earning money, that they're not withholding enough. And that's where at the end of the year, people find themselves, hey, what's going on here? And you know, then they get angry at the accountant, yeah. the lousy accountant, I gotta pay taxes, he's horrible. <laughs> okay, it's not the accountant's fault. Arguably, you could say if the accountant sees that they have a big tax bill, they should look at it and say, you're under withholding, mm -hmm. let's mitigate it. Yeah. Okay, but the other thing that happens, and now I was, I was a, you know, happened to me, my furry first year of being a 1099 employee, and I think this was in 2008, okay? okay? Just so happens that in 2007, for all the reasons in the world I can give you, I had low income, married, kids, child tax credit, deductions, out the wazoo, and everything else, my tax was zero. What's 110% of zero? Zero. Zero. <laughs> so in 2008, even though I had, let's call it a $10,000 tax bill, they got nothing out of me, all right? Now, of course, come April 15th, when I owed $10,000, I wasn't, you know, saying Johnny, happy Yeah, yeah you right? were exactly the skipping around. Dance, you know, <laughs> wasn't going on in the Mike Manager house, but be that as it may, you know, that's what ended up happening. And, but I knew it going mm -hmm. in because cash flow is important. Okay, this is my first year truly of operating as a business owner. And to me at the time, it was more important utilizing my cash flow to pay debts that may have been costing me way more. And I knew that $10,000 was lurking out there, but rather than give the government the $10,000, which I was effectively earning 0% interest on by yeah. giving it to them, mm -hmm. I just knew I had a $10,000 bill due in April. So that's one way of playing the game. Um, how are we doing on time here? We are very much up against our break. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments to pick up where we left off. Um, we'll be right back. Do you keep up regularly with your investments? Where exactly are your hard-earned dollars going? Are you financially prepared for an emergency? I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. We believe that education and knowledge are powerful, and we want our clients to understand why we are making the recommendations that we make. It's your money, and you deserve to know where it's going, because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. 
So call us today to discuss your financial concerns. Welcome back to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. I'm here with Nick DeVito, uh, one of my staff advisors at Power Planner. Um, we've been talking the whole first episode, or first segment, shall I say. I uh, was talking about 401k issues, Yep. okay, for the year-end tax planning. And then we spent a lot of time talking about uh, tax withholding. And little did I realize, losing track of time, we're, we're really close yeah, to the end of the episode. Yeah. So we just want to pick up on one other thing as it pertains. First of all, as we pointed out, the government likes their money all along the way. So what a lot of business owners will do is they'll send quarterly estimated payments. So you know, if your tax is $10,000 and you're a business owner and you're not actually doing withholdings, what you do is you send quarterly estimated payments of $2,500 to the government, which typically the accountant will calculate 110% of last year. Mm -hmm. And if you get 110% of last year, it doesn't make it matter if you're making $10 million yep. this year. You just gotta get 110% in, and that's what they usually do for the quarterly estimated payments. They look at last year's tax, 110%, you're good, mm -hmm. okay? Again, you don't, nobody likes surprises, but they want their money along the way. And along the way is through quarterly estimated tax payments or withholding. Yep. But we're gonna talk in the next segment about Roth IRA conversions and, and little nifty things that you can do. But if you're over age 59 and a half, you have the ability also to utilize your IRA mm -hmm. to make a contribution, so to speak, of withholding yeah. for taxes. Now, you can be under 59 and a half. There are a couple exclusions if you're disabled. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those reasons why you could take money out of a retirement plan. And secondarily, inherited IRAs. Okay, inherited IRAs do not have a 10% penalty because you're required to take the money out. Yep. So, and, and you're not limited to the required minimum distribution, you can take as much. Mm -hmm. So, when you're doing a withholding from a retirement plan, such as your IRA, the IRA is considered when it's contributed, I'm sorry, withheld or sent mm -hmm. to the government, it's as if it was spread out yeah. the entire year. So spread out the entire year suggests to me late December, right? <laughs> so I mean, heck, if I got an IRA and I owe the government $10,000 to avoid penalty, I can give them the $10,000 during the course of the year, or I can give it to them in December, mm -hmm. which I'll give it to them in December because, I mean, you know, you can give them to it throughout the year, you know the government's gonna really spend it wisely. <laughs> But guess what? You know, they're not getting it any time sooner than I have to. Not to mention, in practicality, is if I have that $10,000 tax, in theory, except for sometimes, in theory, that $10,000 is growing from January to December. Well, hey, I'd rather have the money growing in my account than give it to the government throughout the year or at the beginning of the year. So um, that's about all we have for this particular episode. So this is part one of two. When we come back for the next episode, what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be talking about other tax planning ideas or year-end tax planning ideas, such as tax loss harvesting, okay, uh, which is for investments, mm -hmm. Roth IRA conversions, and for those folks who are business owners, taking tax deductions associated with the business. So thank you for joining. Nick, thank you for, for being with me. You're gonna be with me for the next one yep. as well. 
Uh, I hope the viewers enjoyed the episode. Hope you learned something. Obviously, it's a success if everybody learns something. <laughs> and stay tuned. We'll be with you next time. Thank you for joining. Have a wonderful day.